on this Friday afternoon. And since it's Friday, it's time for the Agenda Cafe. And I'd like to welcome back our wonderful co-host, Karen Ko. Karen, it's great to see you. Yeah, it's great to be here, Noreen, uh, on a Friday. It's the last day of the month. So that's very exciting. And um, I have been uh, building up to this moment this Friday for a very exciting climax to the last day of the month. <laughs> and this show is going to be full of bad puns. Um, but today we're... Just shoot. Okay. <laughs> today we are celebrating National Orgasm Day on the Agenda Cafe. And it's celebrated in the UK, in Canada, and the US and Australia. And today it's celebrated in Hong Kong. Uh, so we are very excited to be doing this. Um, how do you mark National Orgasm Day? What are some ideas you think? That, how could you mark National Orgasm Day? You could, uh, you know, try and get one. You could have an orgasm. Okay, yes. that's definitely one way. That's probably the most obvious way. Um, and raising other, awareness. Yes, raising awareness. So we're we're trying to raise awareness for what orgasms are, how to have one, especially for women who may not have had one or there's a lot of social stigma around um, the female orgasm. We're raising awareness for the health benefits of orgasms because they are very good for you. And uh, we're also going to talk about things like the orgasm gap and the practice of faking an orgasm, which of course n none of us have ever done, right? So um, we're joined by two guests to help us talk about all these things and more. We're delighted to have Sarah Tang, who's a certified sex coach, sex educator and founder of Sarah Sense, and Justin Chu, graduate student at Hong Kong University and also a sex educator. So Sarah and Justin, welcome to the program. It's great to have you on. Yeah. yeah. So, so let, let me, me ask, ask both, both of you first. You Maybe, first. Maybe Sarah, Sarah, you can go, go first. first. How, How would you, would you describe, describe an orgasm? orgasm? Okay, well, uh, an orgasm, it really depends uh, on your whether you're a very uh, a, a physical person or a spiritual person. I feel like if you're a physical person, then it would be described as a release of tension, which is often very pleasurable in response to sexual stimulation. But if you're a very spiritual person, then it could even be seen as like a path to like a higher level of consciousness. Oh, that's, Ooh, that's nice. nice. I like, I like both like of those. those. Justin, Justin, what about, what about you? you? Well, for me, orgasm is more like a tangly feeling. Like, well, of course, like the spiritual aspect, um, like being cuddled and being loved could be seen as a way of orgasm as well, as well as another kind of what most guys will, um, will relate it to is that kind of tangly effect, that kind of sensation of having sex. But at the same time, people would limit orgasm into um, a certain body part for men, but technically speaking, or or in terms of like modern sex, sexual medicine or whatnot, actually guys are able to achieve full body orgasm as well. Oh, oh really? really? Yeah, that's, that's good, good to, know. to know. Now, now we, we are, as a, as a culture, culture, very focused, focused on, on orgasm as the end destination of sex. Do you think that's a good thing? I mean, it's, it's all about getting, getting there, there, right? right? So, so, Justin, what are your thoughts on that? Well, a little guy, I mean, for, for men, they will think that ejaculation is the end goal of sex. And to be honest, I don't see that as the case because like in both heterosexual and homosexual relationship, um, most of the time it's just guys after ejaculation, after they're having their orgasm, that's it. Like the one who penetrate having the orgasm, having their orgasm, and then that's it. But at the same time, I, what I think is that um, 
all this is something mutual. It's about com it's about conversation. It's about um, a, a kind of um, communication between your partner's body, soul, and as well as like I don't know. Like I, I, sometimes it's verbal as well. It's like to to ask what what is pleasurable to you and what is not. And it's something that for me it's not. Um, uh, it I think it's an obligation to ask what what is your pleasure. It's just like a song. What is the what's your pleasure? Like that's orgasm. And that's important about it. And there is a lot of stigma, of course, regarding women having orgasm. And and they will a, a lot of women who come, actually work in a sexual show for my field research, and they will mention they mention that um, it's actually quite scary for them to have one. Or when they feel the sensation, they actually feel uh, shameful to have it. Or some women don't have the sensation or can't feel the sensation because they are not um, confident about the body. So there's a lot of aspect about it. So to be honest, um, the brain is the biggest um, like sexual organ in your in, in the in the whole in your whole wide in your, in your whole body. So I think like training your brain will lead to better sexual and orgasm as well as like how to go against social stigma and all. Now, now Justin, Justin, since, since you're a man, man, let's talk let's a little, talk bit, little bit more about, more about men's, men's orgasms. Do you think there's a bit of a performance aspect about you know men having an orgasm? Right. So a lot of people would think that. Uh, um, a, a lot of people would deduct sex as a function, and that leads to sexual dysfunction as like erectile dysfunction and all that. And it's important to have the performance aspect, but at, at the same time, it's it's important to understand your body as well to make in your body interesting as well. Like a lot of a lot of guys will think that oh I I'm here to I don't know pleasure my woman but at the same time how to pleasure yourself how to discover different parts of your body and that is important too so a lot of men won't won't have that question like they don't question like whether I'm sensitive in my nipple in my inner thighs or even in the um, anal region because this is related to homosexuality so. Uh, guys are the one who limit their own orgasm experience. Like, I mean, I, I won't blame men. I blame um, patriarchy and machismo. Yes. Oh, oh very, very interesting. interesting. Okay, okay, Sarah, Sarah let, me let me bring you to the conversation. conversation. I've, I've, I've I mentioned, mentioned before uh, that, that there's, a there's a lot of stigma, stigma and Justin mentioned, mentioned too, about, about the female, female orgasm. orgasm. Can, you Can you talk to us more, more about, about why and, and how that came about? about. Okay, uh, well, I think it uh, is quite systemic, uh, just because firstly, I think scientifically, not um, much is really th that well understood about the female orgasm, like the, if you even know about the discovery of like the full um, 3D, the full structure of the clitoris that was only actually discovered, you know, in the past decade or so. So it's actually very pretty recent so there's a lot of, there was a lot of mystique and intrigue um that surrounded the female orgasm and a lot of people uh had a misconception that it was much more elusive um than men's orgasm for that reason um and then i think obviously that there's other uh much more systemic reasons as well in terms of just that the role of women's pleasure and how women are held to maybe a double standard sometimes when they are seen as sexual beings or, or very open about expressing their sexuality and that also causes them not to embrace their pleasure. 
Okay. okay. So, so what what could women, could women be, doing be doing to prevent, prevent this, from, this happening? from happening, and or, and, to, or just, to just you know understand a bit better? Okay. Well, I'm a big, I'm always a big fan of masturbation, uh, and I feel like that that has to be talked about on National Orgasm Day because orgasms are they're wonderful whether or not you're doing it solo or whether you're doing it with a partner they still have similar health, health benefits, benefits. Um, and and we're talking mental health benefits as well as physical health benefits so i would definitely say if uh, for a woman who hasn't had an orgasm or maybe is just struggling to find her orgasm reliably is to really look into yourself and really just explore um, your body and, and feel comfortable with it and through masturbation and then practice makes perfect. I have a genuine question. You know, a lot of people, some people say, I just can't orgasm. Um, and um, some people just say, I absolutely can't orgasm. And they're the group that that lives with that notion that they can they can never have an orgasm um is that true is that oh, true oh um i don't think you. justin can, can can hear us so at the moment let me explain to our listeners we are broadcasting uh, uh remotely from our queensway studio and we're trying to experiment uh with uh, uh zoom Sorry, I, don't, I think we can we can be actually actually can like, you, you oh okay can you hear me now Nope. Oh, you have to <laughs> unmute yourself. Oh, I, oh, I see. You're de you're you're relying on. But then we get an echo loop and stuff. Okay. Um. No, no, no. It's all right. Um. We'll see how this works. Okay. So my my question was. Um. There are some people who are of the school that they can never have an orgasm. Um. Is that true? Can Can everybody have an orgasm, or are some people just sort of built differently and they can't have orgasms, so they live with that thought years and years and they never experience one? Justin. Well, there is two different kinds of sexual dysfunction. One is psychological, and one is uh, biological, physical. Like some people will have will have pain during sexual intercourse. Both guys and girls as well. For example, if guys have a volume that is short when they penetrate, um, they it, it hurts, and then they will um, flex it become flexible quite easily, and they can't get hard because of that, and it will strongly it will like severely affect their sex life. As for women, um, there is, of course, sexual pain um, during sexual intercourse, and maybe the um, vaginal canal, uh, canal is too, um, it's not wide enough and all that. So these are the biological aspects that leads to people that can't achieve um, orgasm. But at the same time, this is the, these are the aspect of penetrative sex. So um, there, of course, there are women who um, actually, um, in medical journals, um, most of the women who self-reported um, their sex experience will mention that um, they, even though they are, and, and they are, with they are doing penetrative sex or using uh, a phallic toy or, or penetrative sex toy in um, in them, they will feel they will feel that um, actually they need some sort of clitoral stimulation as well. So a lot of uh, uh, for guys, a lot of, a lot of time they don't think that clitoral stimulation is important as if like when they penetrate they don't like um like trigger uh, of uh, um like massage the clitoral area for of their female partner as for guys sometimes it's about um like pain or for for, for um, like for example anal sex is actually quite painful if they don't prep um beforehand so it's these kind of like aspect of not well preparing well enough or, or actually another aspect is not having 
have having um, external lubricant, for example, like silicon lubricant as well as water-based lubricant, like these kind of things that makes sex painful, that will lead to people hard to have an orgasm. So sometimes there's a bit of a mitch, mismatch, mismatch of expectations, expectations and, and what, what is, is realistic. realistic. Sarah, Sarah, what do you think? So like in my view, I really think that I, I really believe everyone it's possible to have an orgasm and everyone can have one. Um, and it, when I work with clients, I, I often find that it's not really the physical barrier um, that is, is an issue. It's actually much more mental. And a lot of the women particularly that I work with, because it seems to be just women who struggle a lot more with not being able to have an orgasm, they get into a negative feedback loop where they um, feel broken or deprived or, or frustrated. And then um, and then they, they keep trying so hard to have an orgasm that it's almost like a, a self-defeating, like a vicious cycle. Because the more you chase the orgasm and the more you feel frustrated and broken that it's not happening, then the more it actually doesn't happen. So a lot of the times the, the way I work with women is actually really ch trying to challenge and, and um, shift some of those like mental barriers. So in psychology, something I would like to add is that um, there's two concepts. One is called sexual excitation system. Another one is called sexual inhibitation system, which is um, the, um, the first one being the sexual accelerator and the second one with the sexual brake. So uh, my um, comment would be do something that make your, um, that trigger your sexual accelerator in order to, for example, feeling love, being empowered and like, like even like massage different um, body area that will pleasure you and stop um, like doing this, um, the thing that will prohibit you from having an orgasm, for example, like the sexual breaks that I just mentioned. Or sometimes it's external, like if you have you are engaged in a um, uh, like codependent relationship or a gaslighting relationship, then all that will, will lead to the sexual break. So that comes um, conversation and having conversation about your relationship and being loved and all that will highly affect your sex life and, and how you how it leads to um, orgasm at the same time. Right. Well, I'm sure that lots more juicy stuff that we can discuss uh, maybe after the 2.30 news. Let's take a quick song break and we'll return to uh, more chat uh, with Justin Chu and also Sarah Tang after the news break. Also, first half of the show about what orgasms are and um, what it's like. You know, so some people do find it difficult to, to have an orgasm. Uh, orgasms are actually very healthy. I mean, apart from being pleasurable, they're actually good for our bodies. Um, Sarah, do you want to go through some of the health benefits of orgasms? Of course. Uh, well, I mean, let, let's just say that actually, particularly during a pandemic, I would highly recommend orgasms as a form of self-care. Um, and this is why. Uh, physically, you get a lot of uh, stress relief because it reduces cortisol. Um, it also boosts immunity. Um, you get reduced, your blood pressure goes down. It improves your sleep. It increases your blood circulation all of those are some physical benefits but let's also talk about it as well right 
feel good. You've got this rush of all of these feel good hormones that endorphins, uh, oxytocin, dopamine that make that really lift your mood. Um, and it can do things like boost your self esteem. It can increase your body confidence and your love for your body. So, I highly recommend it, especially during these times. And Justin, for men, you there's an additional health benefit、um, regarding prostate cancer, right? Right. So、um, there is a research mentioned that、um, if a man masturbates、um, more than at least twenty two twenty two times per month, then you will decrease the、um, chances to have prostate cancer by thirty three percent. And there is another research men- that mentioned、um, people who Uh, men who masturbate would、uh, have a benefit towards curing minor cold as well. So if you are having a sneezy nose or, or, or you, you are not feeling well, having a headache, then actually masturbation actually helps, especially for men. I guess、yes. it clears the passages. Right? Yes, by by COVID nineteen. <laughs> no, 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 I'm I'm kidding. Yes, that's not going to happen. Okay, so I want to talk about a couple of. Controversial topics. Okay, faking it.、Um, you know, we've all. If you have not seen the movie When Harry Met Sally,、um, you must see it and and see the fake orgasm in the restaurant.、Uh, and it's quite common. I mean, there was a study that was done that almost sixty percent of women said they've had faked an orgasm at some point in their life, and so had men. Like ten percent of men. Why do we do this, Justin? You want to tell us why? Well, I, I'll go into two aspects: the heterosexual, the homosexual aspect. Like for for heterosexual men, like I think it's about performance. Like actually, a, a few of the men who can't ejaculate it,、uh, ejaculate, they will think, that, oh,、um, whether I'm not good enough and all that, and it leads to them not enjoying sex. Or actually, and some guys actually told me that、um, they enjoy the process of sex, but they can't. Get to ejaculation, which is quote unquote the end point. But、um, I always ask them like whether you are going to have a baby or not, because like the sperm is wasted in a condom at the end of the day, and it's and it, and the and and the egg is not going to conceive. So like I mean, at the end of the day, like having fun is having fun. Like if 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 you're not going to ejaculate, then that's fine. But as for I, I mean, that is the penetrative part. But as for men who engage in anal sex, especially who the one who is being penetrated, aka the bottom, a lot of them actually faked it, like fake order, like fake orgasm, just like women who's like oh, like screaming and there's what we call the vocal aspect, the visual aspect of quote unquote orgasm, which actually doesn't relate to or, or will not be、um, like directly correlate to orgasm. So. We pick it as well, and maybe it's painful, but we have to like think that it's good, and that's kind of faking it as well. At the same time, like sometimes,、um, those if the guy who penetrate it finish up before us, then most of the time,、uh, most of the cases that they won't help the the one who is being penetrated to get off. So that leads to another kind of way that they don't enjoy the sex or some at the same time. Yeah, yeah.、Um, Sarah. If we talk about women faking orgasms in that study,、um, about fifty-seven percent said they wanted their partner to feel successful. Forty-four、um, percent wanted sex to end, and thirty-seven percent liked their partner and didn't want them to feel bad. I mean, these are not really good reasons. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess they are the reasons, but you know, should we be doing this for those reasons? 
I, I mean, I don't know if there should be a should or should not because I feel like in some way that, you know, passes a judgment on what people do. I think this is what people do. <laughs> and uh, I feel like that there are clearly reasons for it. Um, and I, I feel like, of course, there are, are better ways to um, go about uh I think communicating with your partner in terms of orgasm because I think many people don't really think about it but faking orgasms is actually a form of communication as well it actually is telling your partner that what they're doing is actually working for you but it, it isn't authentic so in a way you're actually communicating the wrong thing you're so lying to lying. your partner you are lying to your partner <laughs> and exactly <yourself. laughs> And yourself, and, and you're actually rewarding your partner, right, for um, doing whatever they are doing. And, and so there's actually no real chance that it will change in the future because you've actually given them a reward for it. So in a way, it just becomes this sort of um, self-reinforcing behavior, right? So I feel like there are many better ways to communicate with your partner if you really want to experience an orgasm. Um it's probably better to actually, well, firstly, as I said, uh, masturbate and explore what you like to make sure that you know what you can, uh, what you enjoy. And then secondly, is to actually just um, ask them about it, ask and, them to do it for you. And I guess if you have good communication, then it's not going to be so you know, deflating for the partner if you say, this is not doing it for me, you know, I'm sorry, I'm just not going to come this time. Yeah. Justin, what are your yeah. thoughts? So it's the art of communication as well. It's like how to repackage something that you really like. So I have a few examples laid out, actually. So for example, um, you can say, oh, this was amazing. Um, can we do this next time? It's like, oh, for example, um, touching this part is amazing. Can we do this next time? Maybe this would be, um, we can do this during the foreplay and afterwards we can do it after, uh, again, like that, as, like so. Or I don't really like this. Uh, maybe this part will not trigger me as vigorously as other parts. Maybe we can try this next time. Or uh, there is another um, uh, um, way to signify your partner that, oh, actually you have, you have enough. Of, of the sex because like a lot of people are oh, they actually finish but the guy or the one who uh, the other partner still want to have it so there's you could say oh this this was amazing but i'm good now let's do something else let's cuddle for example yeah, right. so there are different ways to package it repackage it and to lead to a better communication so aftercare it's it's extremely important it's like after sex the discussion as well as that kind of like cuddling and all that it's extremely important in any sexual relationship. Absolutely, because it can really break or make somebody's confidence going forward, especially when, 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 you've, when you're new in a relationship or so, or when you're getting to know somebody. Um, being intimate with somebody is, you know, can be a bit nerve-wracking for some people, and it can actually um, make you actually pre, uh, pre, pre, uh, ejaculate prematurely, which is the other topic I wanted to dedicate a little bit of uh, time 
came to or so? I mean, we're worried about people lying about coming, but what about coming too soon? And, you know, uh, some yeah. people um, experience that also. So how do you go about having that discussion or, or how do you go about stopping yourself? And, and this is not the, you know, some people have an actual medical condition that that is, that is you know, you definitely need to seek medical help for that. But some people are just nervous and they, it doesn't happen every time. Or too excited. Exact, right? Exactly. Justin? Right. So for guys, I would um, for, there, there's a few ways. For example, one of the easiest way is to masturbate once in the morning or like two or three hours beforehand. Let's and let the guys afterwards, go. <laughs> yeah, it's like just, just yeah. to let it flow first. And afterwards, because of your sensitivity has been lowered. And when you um, go into um, like penetrative sex and you, you will have a longer time um, before ejaculating. And of course, there's other um, more quote unquote physical or chemical options, for example, like those numbing cream and all that, but I don't really um, um, support using the, all that. Because I mean, pleasure is pleasure. You don't need like those stuff and like that. Or, or, I mean, simple, simply like eat, um, like ejaculate once or twice beforehand and you'll be fine. I'm yes. so sorry, but, um, can I interject? What's a numbing cream and what, what does it right. do? <laughs> So numbing cream, it's a, um, like numbing cream or numbing gel, it's kind of a substance that, um, with numbing effect, with like really, like, um, mild numbing effect, you can, um, apply on the, the, um, what's it called? Um, the top of the penis, the, the, uh, the, the top of the penis, and then after five, yeah, the glands, sorry, <laughs> the glands of the penis, and after five to ten minutes, it will take effect, and then it will numb the area, and then you will decrease the sensitivity. Afterwards, you will have a longer, like, erection yeah. and time, yeah. Oh, it can last longer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, of course, that are all, some people would suggest, or, or the other way, which is quite permanent, is that um, to remove the foreskin. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, so, yes, yeah, so to when when people re, um, there is another report saying that um, people who re, um, remove foreskin will have a um, longer time before ejaculation or have. But because of the lower um, because they the sensitivity has been lowered because of that. Um, um, and at the same time, if the doctor who con um, to conduct the. Yeah, if the doctor who conduct the medical um, surgery who literally remove the folium at the same time for, for uh, from the, the the cord that linked with the, uh, the glands as well as the foreskin um it will lead to later um, um latency um latent ejaculation at the same time because um that is the most sensitive part um other than the gland so i mean if uh, and if that's so quite radical, though, really isn't want it? To, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I suppose if, if, if they really yeah. want to lighten them, yeah. If you really had a, a long-term problem, that would be a solution. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I also want to challenge the idea that the orgasm is the end of sexual play, you know? Yeah. Because I feel like that is a common misconception that once the, once the man ejaculates, that's it. That's the end. And for somebody with who has premature ejaculation that that just means that maybe sexual pleasure or sexual intercourse only lasts one minute but actually there's so many other things that you can do yes. even after yes. uh, a premature ejaculation the action doesn't have to stop right there's yeah. there's oral there's uh, toys exactly, exactly. There's, there's we're waving our hands <laughs> yeah, that you can do with your partner so um 
I really feel like that's a, a, a really important shift that we, we should need. Well, I guess that is, you know, an issue like in our culture, we're so focused on getting to orgasm station and then get off the train. That's it, right? Do you think there's actually yeah. too much focus on that? And, you know, we're kind of bypassing all the pleasure that leads up to that and also afterwards. Sarah, what do you think? So, oh. um, Yeah, I mean, I, I do feel like we have a very goal-oriented uh, approach to sex in our culture. I think it's because we want to feel skilled in the bedroom and we want to measure our success, obviously, by our partner's response. So speed, frequency number of orgasms is usually our metric but i feel like if we look at sex instead of instead of looking at sex with a scorecard you know if we look at sex like going to a playground where you can play you know on the slides on the swings it doesn't really matter there's no performance score you're not getting a report card about how played that day um i think everyone will have a lot more fun <laughs> I like yeah, that. I or, like or that like analogy. Yeah, I, I kind of or like a picnic. You know, you can yeah. have chicken wings, or you can have coleslaw, or you can have pie, and it's all good. Yes. You don't have to have all of it. And yes. you maybe that day you're not in the mood for chicken yes. wings, but you're in the mood for pie. Yes, exactly. Um, Sarah, one yeah. other thing I want that you know when we talked about um, female orgasms and the and women faking it. Is that, do you think, also connected with what we call the orgasm gap? And maybe maybe you want to explain the orgasm gap first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, the orgasm gap um, it just very simply says that men are almost twice as likely to experience orgasm during a heterosexual sexual interaction um, than women. And essentially the main physical reason is because there's not enough focus on stimulating the clitoris for, um, for a woman, whether that's positions that you get into or or intercourse in general maybe just favoring the male's uh, most uh, efficient way of orgasm and not the female's uh, most efficient way of orgasm and that's what causes the orgasm gap okay justin what can you tell us about the orgasm gap and what can be done about it uh, is it is it men's fault not not that i want to blame anyone but well, it's just that um, for, for a lot of men who think that um, penetration is the only way and to not uh, delegate parts in, into like uh, clitoral stimulation and all that. I mean, for I mean, to be honest, women could have more um, possibility of orgasm than men. At the same time, uh, men choose not to um, believe in that particular aspect. It's like it, that can be a small thing. It's like. Um, only penetration is the is the way, mm, right. and 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 it will lead to that. I think it will lead to that gap as well. And and if guys who really listen to their partner and to well pleasure their partner accordingly, then I mean, everybody is happy. So. Right, exactly. And you know, you said Justin, you said at the beginning of the show, which I have always agreed with and always um, think is true, is that you know your your brain is really the biggest sex organ. So. That would seem to say that if you yourself want to have a great orgasm and want to have one with your partner, you, you've really got to be mentally 
in the moment. In and the zone. Yeah, and it's hard sometimes. Like if you have young kids, you're like, how much time do we have before one of them runs in the room? Or, you know. Just other distractions. Yeah, yeah. people have, or they're under stress. So so how do we how do we tune our brains so that we're more likely to have an orgasm? I think to to remove ourselves from that environment is important. So having like, having a nanny taking your, your taking care of your your child day and then you can go on a staycation in Mandarin Oriental and all that and then setting the scene like like I in 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 cultural study we have a term called sexual script so it's how pornography set the stage I mean like how or or, or, or what uh, uh, it's like um, playing characters and all that that kind of play the playfulness is important it's like how to set the stage and then you engage in such um, sexual, or maybe um, a bit of role playing. After, yeah, why yeah, not? It's like exactly. role play. It's like maybe um, or, uh, one of the my analogy is always about um, um, if if a woman who or if a if a guy anybody who likes to be um, I don't know um, having sex while some uh, while people reciting Foucault to you, it's actually quite sexy <laughs> at the same time. So finding your kink is important. It's like if you've like for me, I'm those people who have nerdism. Nerdism. It's like when people told me something that is really intellectual and really <laughs> stimulation. It's and I was a turn like, on. Effect. And I was like, come on, baby. It's so like that. We it's, get, it's, it's, get it's an like, encyclopedia. Yeah, how to Let me have sex with your that. brain. <laughs> exactly. I, I won't say like that. It's like how to utilize, as I mentioned earlier, the sexual accelerator. And mm -hmm. afterwards, like, or, or to, to remove yourself from something that borders you. Like the sexual break, which may be your child, and then <laughs> maybe I mean you can have a better sex because of that. Maybe, I mean, we all. I, 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 what I agree with Sarah is that sex is about quality; it's not quantity. So, if you're having sex once per month, but you have like one of the most enjoyable making love experience once per month, then it's better than like every single week doing mediocre sex. Let's just put it that way. Yes. Yeah. Sarah, what about what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so one of the things that I teach um, in terms to my clients, uh, in terms of being more present in the bedroom is, is a bunch of mindfulness techniques. And mindfulness can be used, obviously, you can use it for anything. You can use mindful eating, uh, mindful hiking, mindful anything, but you can also uh, use it for like mindful sex as well. And one of the key techniques, which is very easy to do really, is actually just to focus on the sensations in your body while you are having sex and that stops your mind from racing and you know thinking about your to-do list your kids or whatever just always focus back on your senses like what am i feeling what am i tasting what am i hearing and really if you can zone into that the better you can do that the more present you are in the moment yeah. So um, something I would like to add is that um, the, the the concept of male full body orgasm, oh, actually yes. a orgasm without ejaculation. Yes. So I've heard yes. of that. Yeah. Do yes. tell. So full, mm. Yeah. So full body orgasm means that um, if somebody who have, for example, erectile dysfunction, or they just want to experience um, orgasm um, without um, uh, ejaculation, it's like. That kind of tantric massage, that massage different part of area. For example, they will use um, to massage the second chakra 
area, which mm-hmm. is uh, in, in Indian, um, um, what um, the inside the Kamarasutta, which is the lower belly and inner pelvis area, to massage that area and afterwards massage the massage phallic. Doreen's massaging it now. Wait, does it uh, yeah. work for guys or does it work for women also? So, so like for, for women, they ha- um, you have yoni massage yeah. or yoni mm. ma- um, yoga that actually trains your pelvic muscle and to uh, how to contract and all that. So that will lead to better orgasm as well. So for for guy, um, it's like uh, a massage that a, a erotic massage that could lead to to or may not lead to um, ejaculation, which is that kind of full body orgasm that put your mindfulness and awareness on different parts of your body, like on your skin, on your inner thighs and all that. As for women, yoni yoga and maybe putting the same concept into the massage will be fine as well. So it's always about the sensuality of that kind of physical touch. What about, okay, I'm just going to take this conversation lastly on sort of tantric sex, you know, that that ability to, to have all the sexual energy recycle inside of your body and you never really have that orgasm because if you expel that energy, then it's gone really. But if you let that energy recycle inside of you, it just builds higher and higher. Has anybody had any experience about this or can share any information about that? Justin, I can see you nodding a little bit. What have you heard about this sort of tantric uh, sex? Right. So for um, for guys, um, it, it's like wh- whether you can put your awareness into your partner's body and to maybe, I mean that just well uh, the the shortest analogy is to focus more on the foreplay, and then maybe and maybe end up in penetration or not penetration at the same time, like in a um, in a homosexual relationship, in a hetero relationship, then maybe more more about. Um, exploring each other's body parts and to and to help your partner um, uh, uh, explore different areas, essential areas on the body, and it will help that as well. So, so yeah, like at, at the and in the other way is to use I don't know sex toy or whatnot to to accelerate the whole experience. So, I mean, the possibility is endless. So, uh, so it's always about. How to connect. And, yeah. and actually, if you were that well connected, it's quite likely you would have simultaneous orgasm, right? Yes. Mm. Which would be, is also very, very nice. Yes, double the happiness. Right. Sarah, what, what about, what, what are your thoughts? Um, well, recently I've been actually doing a lot of orgasmic breath work, which is actually from the tantric tradition. So I think that's one of the ways that you can help to build up sexual energy um, in yourself. And essentially, it's it's a series of taking very deep breaths into your belly. So a lot of the times with orgasm, um, women, uh, women, men, all genders, they tend to hold their breaths um, or breathe very shallowly like uh, they gasp like they go <laughs> just when they're about to have an orgasm however orgasmic breath will kind of like shifts that and makes you take deep belly breaths um, so you're uh, breathing into your diaphragm and and it's quite steady all the way through um, the the orgasm and as you do that, you kind of think about your energy that's being moved from your different chakras. So obviously the root chakra being like the pelvic floor all the way to like the crown chakra and then like circling it over and over again. And that's how you build up um, your 
orgasmic energy. I'll tell you where that shallow breathing comes from. Pornography. Because right. you see the people when they're mm-hmm. about to have an orgasm. It's yes. very shallow breathing. Yeah. I'd love to yeah. continue with this conversation. It's just so <laughs> interesting. I, I absolutely love having our two sexy and intellectual guests on, on our program. Fantastic. Um, Sarah, mm-hmm. remind our listeners once again, if they want to find out more about you and your work, where can they go to? Yep. Uh, they can go to my website, Sarah Sense. So that's S A R A and then Sense.com. And also do check out the Better in Bed podcast, which is something that I host, which is a sex and sexuality podcast based in Asia. You can find that on my site as well. It's a wonderful program. I, I love Better in Bed. <laughs> and also, Justin, how can people find out more about you and your work? Where can they find you? You can follow me on Instagram at hotingchu. Um, that's my Instagram name. Uh, or on my Facebook as well, it's the same name. So, yeah, I, I usually host um, seminar workshops, but mostly lectures. But, yeah, um, if there is any update of, of my later latest convention, then, yeah, I'll be posting on that. Well, we'll be keeping a keen eye on it. Exactly. And meanwhile, thank you so much, Karen, for your time this afternoon yeah, as well. it was really exciting. Um, and wish everybody a wonderful National Orgasm Day. It's Friday, Friday night. You're going to be at home. Go do it. <laughs> thank you very much for joining us.